This is Delicious Matt Bear, and you are listening to Footstuff. Well, hey, gang, and welcome to a Blue Blaze episode of Footstuff Podcast. The first one. The very first one. First one. We have a quick media review about a book that is a New York Times bestseller. Matt Bear, do you know what uh, the Pulitzer Prize is? I have heard of it. Is it for cake? It is for cake. Excellent. It's when you yeah, bake that, the best that, cake. It's that TV show where all those British people, they, yep. they um, bake oh, cakes against yeah. each other. Yeah, it's a, it's a good one. Well, Dan Egan nearly won it. <laughs> <laughs> what? When, when he was a finalist for the Pulitzer Prize for this New York Times bestseller. Oh, that, it's not a winner. It's just no, a it's, it's in It's a finalist. It's in the runnings. Okay. The book that... Cool uh, runnings. The book that I have in front of me is called The Death and life of the Great Lakes. Ooh. Now, I'm not sure if anyone in this room can name all five Great Lakes, but Jeremy Ott, since you grew up in a state that borders a Great Lake, I did. can you name at least one of the Great Lakes? Yes. Name it. Um, the Great Lake Erie. Correct. <laughs> the shallowest of the five Great and Lakes. And the, the only one that's caught on fire. Ooh, ooh I've got one. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that's true. <laughs> that actually happened yeah. several times. Cleve, believe land. That's where it happened in believe land. Wade Bastion, can yeah. you name any of the other four Great Lakes? Huron. Yes, that wow. is correct. Lake Very Huron. Nice, I was going to go with Erie, but you took Matt Bear? Lost Pond. <laughs> <laughs> Lincoln Pond. No. No, Lake Superior. Yes, the, the, that is the biggest and the deepest one. It's also the most superior it is. It is because it's the one that's actually highest in elevation from sea level. Damn elitist lakes. <laughs> <laughs> so we've left out uh, Lake Michigan, and we've left out Lake Ontario, which mm. I know and love because I lived in Rochester, New York. Shout out for 10 years. Lake Michigan was always my favorite. Beautiful. But only 10 years you're getting a shout out the rest of the time. So a quick, yeah. a few quick facts that I learned from the death and life of the Great Lakes, which is a very wonderful book, very historical Fact-based, every sentence is crafted in a way that makes you yearn for more. Does it talk a lot about shipwrecks? Well, it does mention that there are plenty of shipwrecks because these... Have you gone diving in any of those? Yeah, there's more shipwrecks in the Great Lakes than in every ocean combined. Whoa! Yeah, and here's, crap. here's something crazy. Northwest Airlines Flight 2501, flying from New York to Seattle in 1950, disappeared from radio contact after it hit a summer storm over Lake Michigan. Ready for this? The U.S. Coast Guard and Navy dispatched five ships to look for the wreckage. Dropped sonar devices, drag lines, divers. The hunt for 58 souls has never been solved. Smoke monster. They have not found a gigantic plane in Lake Michigan. That's how big these lakes are. Wow, that's Lake, crazy. Lake Michigan is at a maximum depth of 923 feet, the second deepest of the five Great Lakes. Lake Superior, over 1,300 feet Ooh, deep. So here's yeah. the crazy thing about the Great Lakes and why I feel it's a cool thing to talk about as a part of Footstuff Podcast is outdoor recreation isn't just in the mountains and the valleys. It's on the open waters, too. And you can go out and have a great day as an angler. You, you might enjoy going out just on a boat, just having Fish a, on a joy stuff. Ride. Protractor stuff. Yeah. You know, paddling along the coastline of Michigan's upper peninsula. Yeah. 
is more beautiful than you could ever imagine. Exactly. Uh, there's the National Seashore up there. Yes. Um, and in Lake Superior is Isle Royal, one of the 59 or 60 national parks. Yep. So uh, here's the crazy thing about, about the <laughs> Great Lakes. <laughs> So here, here's a story. Here's a story at the beginning of the death and life of the Great Lakes, and I just want to tell it because I think it's so cool. Okay, so in the 1600s, people were still desperately seeking the Northwest Passage that we were talking about in the last episode of Footstuff Podcast. Check it out if you like Antarctic exploration. Uh, Well. I know the Northwest Passage is above Canada, but we talk about it a bit. So explorers are trying to find an easier trade route to China, right? And one guy in 1634, a man named Jean Nicolette, Jean Nicolette paddled his birch bark canoe across northern Lake Huron through the Straits of Mackinac and headed for the western side of Lake Michigan. Now, picture this. This I've been on a boat in that exact same place. Really? Yeah, in the Straits of Mackinac. Yeah, very cool. Um, Beautiful. Oh, absolutely. So, Nicolette, thinking he's paddling to China because these lakes, the Great Lakes, are so big, how could you not believe if this is the year 1634, that you weren't paddling across a gigantic sea oh, yeah, to, to China, you can, right? You, you can't, can't see, see the other, other shore. Side. Because of the curvature of Earth, it's 80 miles across Lake Michigan. You'd never see the other side. You just assume you're paddling to China. So, <laughs> John Nicolette, uh, in a place no white man had evidently ever set eyes upon, arrives on this far shore of Lake Michigan trying to look like a local. In a flowing Chinese robe, bursting with colorful flowers and birds. <laughs> Although he might have thought he had finally just finished the job Columbus started a century and a half earlier, he actually landed at the southern end of an arm in Lake Michigan known as Green Bay. There is a statue in Green Bay, Wisconsin today that stands near the reputed landing site. It's 20 minutes north of Lambeau Field where the Packers play some 7,000 miles shy of Shanghai. (laughs) (laughs) So this book, The Death and Life of the Great Lakes by Dan Egan, if you want to hear about one of the darkest ecological disasters of the current era, yes, it's happening between the the U.S. and Canadian border along the Great Lakes, this book talks about how our fresh water is imperiled. It's crazy. It's crazy because 20% of the world's available fresh water is in the five Great Lakes. 20%. Of course, some of it is wow. locked up in ice at the poles. In our last episode, we talked about Antarctica. A full fifth of the world's available fresh water, probably our greatest natural resource in the United States, is right outside of Believe Land, Buffalo, Detroit, Chicago. Toledo! Yeah. <laughs> what a zoo in Toledo. I've been to that zoo. <laughs> to Toledo. <laughs> and we're squandering that Shout resource. out to Drake. Lives the, in Toledo. The Drake? Yep. The Drake. Um, so in the death and life of the Great Lakes, you learn about like how once the Erie Canal and the St. Lawrence Seaway was completed, that ushered in a wave of invasive species like the sea, sea lamprey, which lashed onto the bellies of indigenous lake trout. Wiped out every single, terrifying. Wiped out every single lake trout in, in, in Lake Michigan. 
Yeah. If you don't want to sleep They tonight. are in the Adirondacks. They're in Lake Champlain. They have blockades along the Saranac and the Salmon yeah, River. If you, if you don't want to sleep. Keep them from coming here. If you don't want to sleep tonight, look up a picture. Yeah. yeah, you'll never go swimming in Lake Champlain Terrifying. again. <laughs> Terrifying. Well, it's, w- what's really cool about, um, you know, well, the book goes on. It's not just the sea lamprey that come in. It's also the river herring, also known as the owl wives, which um, at one point, as Jeremy said, lake trout dominated uh, the like biotic community. They were the apex predators in yeah. the Great Lakes. And then suddenly, after the introduction of the red herring, 90% of all living biotic matter in the lakes were the red herring, these little minnows that just decimated wow. the Whoa. ecosystem. And there were just swaths and swaths, miles, tens of miles long, thousands upon thousands, millions of tons of dead fish were just washing ashore because these invasive fish couldn't regulate their livers as they would in south um in salt water now and so they all just died too do we know if there are any sort of cryptids in these lakes i feel like they're pretty big lakes. yeah there's definitely they're, they're a lake great champy, great uh, a champ lookalike in erie yeah the, I, in what erie. is it called well that's that's why the this i think it's the hockey teams the lake erie monsters Shout out, Erie, Pennsylvania. Please let Footstuff Podcast know the name of your beloved sea monster. Yeah. Presque Isle. Visit. Cool place. Cool. If you see one or you want to email us a blurry photo of what might be one, footstuffpodcastgmail.com. Oh, yeah. This book is so laden with facts that it's hard for me in a blue blaze to talk about it more and more. But I just think about actually Lake Champlain and water quality in the Adirondacks. And Wade, you probably know a few things about this. The Adirondack waterways are also under attack. Um, the spiny water flea, Eurasian milfoil. Oh, yeah. Yeah, these things are coming in, but thankfully there are organizations like Adirondack Watershed Institute. Mm-hmm. And I actually helped pull... Did you guys know I worked on a boat in the Fulton Chain eradicating, trying to eradicate Eurasian milfoil from... You yeah, just you were, what, just throwing what was your official title? Was Cabin Boy, I think. Cabin Boy. <laughs> were you greasing up the hunks? I was a portly <laughs> pickle person. He was the he was the ship's navigator and aquatic invasive species remover. Yes. If you, <laughs> you navigate, if you're on a species. ship, if you're on a ship, you have two professions at least. So th- I'm trying to tease this out because I think a future episode of Footstuff Podcast, because our the park was protected because our, of our precious water sources um and, delicious yes and brendan wiltsey friend of the pod often writes about how salt is imperiling adirondack waterways and uh how our native fish populations and our groundwater that we drink uh here in studio seven are suffering from the amount of salt we pour onto the road so it would be interesting See, i never i never taste salt in in my groundwater not i just yet. drink water right off the ground <laughs> it's never very salty it's not very good but not salty not I ha- yet i had the idea where like uh, obviously the salt being put on the ground put gets french in the fries water, on the ground hurts the fish then the fish die and we can't eat them. Instead of salt, use Old Bay. <laughs> <laughs> old Bay the roads when it snows. <laughs> it's salty. I'll second. I'll second. It'll melt the snow. It'll look like water. someone got shit minced on the highway. And everything will look terrible, but then the fish drink the Old Bay water in their season, and then when they die, we can just eat them. I Seasoned like from inside out. Pre-seasoned yeah. Adirondack fish. Yep. 
Well, that's a great idea, Wade. Thank you. I, I have already mailed the DMs. <laughs> they have not responded. Jeez, you guys. <laughs> so, The Death and Life of Great Lakes. Great book. Check it out. I'm only 70 pages in. <laughs> I want to tease this. It sounds really good. I, I haven't. I, I may read on. I may continue to read on. It was only a runner-up, so I understand if you don't finish it. I'm, I don't know. Maybe Footstuff Podcast can tell me if I should keep going. If you've been beyond page 70, let me know. Um, but so far, so good. It honestly does make me think that uh, it's really important to protect our water sources yeah. and any chance we get to defend our waterways and to make sure that they're guarded and not open to invasives. It's, this book is making it very obvious we need to protect the water that we have left. Yeah, very cool. Awesome. Any other th- quick thoughts for the road? Any of Wade's uh, Wooly Wade's Woody Wisdom in this short Blue Blaze episode, Wade? Maybe a little bit about yourself. How have you been? What's going on? What? Just like sometimes people, um, my name's Scab from a few episodes back, wanted to know a little bit more about all of us. I think that's also going to be a future episode. Good. Deep dive into all of us. Fun fact about you. Except for you. Yeah, not me. Because they don't want to know about you. No. (laughs) Fun fact, Wade, about yourself? Uh, I just got a meat smoker, so... Oh, that's sick! Hell yeah! And sausage and chicken. And old bay seasoned fish. (laughs) That's coming. Oh, it was great. It was cool. I got that, and I've been smoking meat, and it's really tasty. I don't know. Yeah, that's great. Matt Baird, do you have a fun fact about yourself? I'm trying to think if there was a good movie that I watched. I watched Die Hard over Christmas. Classic classic Christmas movie. Hell yes. It was great. I watched... uh, what was that movie we watched? LA Love Conf- Actually. LA oh. Confidential for the first time. Oh, dude, I love that, that movie. That was you never seen movie. that before? Nope. We it's like it seven hours long, but it was it's great. sick as fuck. It was really good. Yep. LA Confidential and Die Hard. Both Christmas And then I movies. watched Pulp Fiction again the other day. Yeah, that means Pulp Fiction. Awesome. Jeremy, any things going on in your, in your realm? I did. Actually, it's not like a Footstuff related movie, but I did watch the new Coen Brothers movie, The oh, Legend the of Western Buster Scruggs. Oh, it's how on my it? watch list. Have you yeah. seen that shit? No, yeah. Yo. Really good. I didn't. I love the Coen Brothers. Yeah. The first three minutes of it, I was like, I'm going to turn this fucking shit off. Like, it is, this is fucking stupid. You got to wait it out. If you wait six more minutes... It's the best Western I've ever seen. Oh, oh wow, the, man. And it, I love the way it's told. It, it's told like someone is reading short stories out of like a Western book. Yeah. So it's like six or seven short stories. And uh, yeah, man, like the first one, it, 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 it just felt very, um, it felt like really Tarantino. It was like really over the top. And then there's one that's like sad as fuck. And like, <laughs> oh, man, it's so good. It's so good. I'm definitely going to watch it soon. Yeah, watch it. I don't want to say anything about myself, but a person who I met on the Appalachian Trail is about to do something really cool. Not sure if he listens to the show, but I bet a lot of Appalachian Trail thru-hikers know of this person. Was his trail name Nacho? Because <laughs> it's at, like I could see a guy with a trail named Nacho hanging out with you on the trail. Oh, what was that guy? Half Satan or something like Half that? Jesus. Half Jesus. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> What's the other half? Satan. <laughs> um Elias Elias I just want to shout out poet if you stayed at Shaw's Hiker Hostel up in Maine right before you entered the 100 mile wilderness poet shout out to you because you're starting the Florida Trail and I saw on uh the Shaw's Hiker Hostel social media that you started uh just the other day so I wish you good luck and uh, please 
don't get eaten by a Florida panther or a gator, but or a cougar. Yeah, or a cougar. Yeah, or just a snake, or get <laughs> stuck at Harry Potter World. That's I think you you go close to Harry Potter World on the Florida Trail. That'd be cool if you had to go through it. <laughs> or get your face that would be off, awesome. That apparently happens in Florida a lot. What face off? That was a good movie too. Yeah, that that was was a good, that's a good Christmas movie. <laughs> Tyler told me that L.A. Confidential was a Christmas movie. It is. It is. Uh, they know. celebrate Christmas in the movie at the, the very be- beginning, the for very like beginning. two seconds. Yes. Isn't Danny DeVito great. in that? Yeah. 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 A real hush hush. Yeah. Real <laughs> hush hush. Well, very fun. This he gets is fun. Fucked. I like that this completely devolved, but from the outdoorsy. Uh, no, that's what this that is going to be. You read some pages of <laughs> into us talking about terrible action movies. <laughs> no, I think this is a good way. Like, we'll we'll talk about stuff we've seen. Maybe, maybe take recommendations from Footstep Nation about things we can debunk, decode, eat. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Footstuff Nation, if you have any suggestions on what you want to hear on these episodes, we're going to be talking about outdoorsy books, movies, documentaries, maybe talking about some gear, trip reports maybe. We'll go a little more in detail about some of those. or if, Yeah, if there's anything yeah, you want to hear. This is just the first one, kind of an experiment. Hopefully we'll, yeah, we'll see what we dial do. it in a little bit. Maybe we'll just go through Nicolas Cage's filmography. And Ooh, Vampire's Kiss, his first movie. (laughs) It's the worst movie ever made, and I love every second. (laughs) He thinks he's a vampire, but he doesn't have a coffin to sleep in, so he flips his couch upside down and sleeps (laughs) underneath it. What? <laughs> this sounds amazing. I already Have you guys never see seen this no, movie? No. Fuck all, man. I bet you could watch it for free on YouTube. <laughs> so that good. Let's we'll tie it back in with the book with I think a fitting ending because we talked about the introduction of sea lamp. What do you think is a fitting ending? Because you haven't gotten to the end <laughs> yet. <laughs> Tyler just read the last sentence and he thinks it's good. So he's I'm just talking about page sixty four specifically, uh, where. And you when, said you're about 70 pages in? About 70 pages in. When, when the sea lampreys are taking over and That's you're thinking that this book is going dark because the lake trout are dying, Wade. They are being decimated. As, as Jeremy said, they're like gone from Lake Michigan. And Lake Michigan's big. Um, Very big. Yeah. Um, you could hide an airplane in Lake Michigan. They'll never find it. How, well, they, how do they know there's not just a whole bunch of the fish elsewhere that they haven't found? Because they didn't find the bodies. Because the the book lays out fact by fact. They thought that the lakes were overabundant, and there was a myth of overabundance of lake trout in Lake Michigan. And they would pull up net after net, year after year, of millions of pounds of fish. And after the sea lampreys were found, and the owlwives or the red herring were found, suddenly they just stopped catching lake trout. Like, there were just no more lake trout. But they did develop in 1961 (laughs) a lamprecide, which killed a lot of the sea lampreys. In fact, it dampened down the number of sea lampreys down to about 10% of what the population of sea lampreys once was, and it was just killing any big fish in the lake. Uh, And they, they talk about, in The Death and Life of the Great Lakes, about how... Aldo Leopold saw how the mountainsides were stripped of their apex predators when all the wolves were gone. And then without or in the absence of wolves, that the deer would just eat everything on the mountainside. So had Leopold, Dan Egan goes on, who died in 1948, lived long enough to drive over to the shore of Lake Michigan to witness the bizarre and utterly unpredictable aftermath of the sea lamprey invasion, he might have found 
an equally apt way to convey the notion that sometimes a native predator's job isn't merely an essential matter for a functioning ecosystem. It is an essential one. So anywhere where there's an apex predator, protect them. Heck yeah. yeah. Cool. And happy, also, if happy you're, blue uh, blaze, everybody. If you're going to go swim in Lake Champlain, get some lampreside. You will, un, unbeknownst Slather to you, it be slathering in it. Wear a sweater, because the water's cold. It is. It is cold. Lampreside is a sweet word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. The upshot is a few pages later, where they release Chinook and Coho Salmon, and shit gets real cool. That was my nickname in high school, actually. Chinook. <laughs> no, <laughs> upshot. <laughs> Good night, everybody! Keep it wild! Yes.